Hello everyone and welcome back to 66.6 The Collective. As always, I'm your rockin' host, the one, the only, the unbelievably sexy frontwoman, Pantera. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. It's going to be a brutal one this Wednesday morning because capitalism is murdering us and it's a real bummer, man. So make sure you bundle up those leather pants chafe really hard so be careful out there it's a special morning here on the collective because i am not a solo act as you all know got the rest of my band members here to back me up first he's the star of the masquerade our own holiest of divers lay down some gnarly wrist my friend it's my brother dallas cooper what's up dallas how are you doing today oh i'm doing completely radical thank you so much um throwing up the horns over here yeah. on my end. Mm-hmm. I, I've listened to a lot of metal music in my day. I'm going to oh, kick oh, it back freak. over to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're a freak like me. We know. Um, and anyway, awesome. Glad to have you here. But he's not alone because what is a band without the doom, 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 double bass kick and snare crush and kick ass drummer that is our own freak like me, Alexis Van Halen. Alexis, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great. How are you? I am I'm- very out of my element, but I'm loving it. <laughs> You're a trooper. I appreciate that. I listened Rock to the on. playlist you made me, and I was like, hell yeah. I don't know hell what yeah. any of this means. Yeah, we'll get into it. It's going to be great. And finally, we have our killer bassist, our friend all the way here from the faraway shores of No Longer on Trittoria. He was here to raise hell, and he does it real well. Matt Talica. Metallica, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, and a hearty hail Satan to you. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, that that's all I have. Um, I'm a huge fan of Alexis and I literally having waited in line for Taylor Swift tickets two days ago. <laughs> Being hey, like, hey, after. You can do both. You can do mm-hmm. both. And I just have to say yeah. right off the top, because you mentioned yeah. them and I recognize their name, Carson has a niece named Pantera. Literally, that is her name. Pantera. Really? Yep, that's 100%. Beautiful. And they don't shorten it to anything. Pantera, mm. that is her name parenting done right i'm gonna name my mm-hmm. child iron maiden so <laughs> that works is um, that first and middle name or is that all <laughs> no that's the Pantera, first thing just one name <laughs> middle name um, slayer. i'm looking forward to my child a tribe called quest taylor <laughs> <laughs> gotta say the whole name <laughs> oh like, that's my a, that's God. a white baby i'll make that it is yep yep Come here, a tribe called quest <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> but for all of you listening, you might have recognized this isn't our usual format, my dudes. We are talking about a special book this week, and we just had to crank it up to 11 for this one. We are reading Murder Falcon, the one and only by the one and only Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. So, you know, this is not the first time I've read through this book. I thought it was pretty gnarly the first time I went through. Um, I believe... The only person here who has read it for the first time, the only Murder Falcon version here is Lexi. Lexi, is that true? That is true. And I would have liked a few warnings going into it. I did That's not expect great. to cry on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> we do not See, do I already that had here. it scheduled for Saturday morning, not the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bump you know that, that, you know that feel when you wake up and that first second after you're awake, it's like uh, total peace. Everything's fine. And then you remember who you are. And you just burst into tears. <laughs> That's me before work every morning. <laughs> I, ha- like, okay. oh, yeah. I I went back to work um, after surgery for the first time this week. And I was back on Tuesday. I'm like, you know what? This is, this is awesome. I'm doing great. Everything's coming back to me. And then I got to the end of the day on Tuesday. And there's just a moment where I sat there. I'm like, I have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> I have to keep doing this. I have to do You're this like, every this day. This is a fun little side quest. I have to come this back not, every day now. This is not a fun side quest. <laughs> this is the main quest that just keeps dragging on. What the fuck is happening? Um, but, you know, 
I think that media and art in all of its forms is a great escape from that. And we'll get into that more. Lexi, your first read through this, a little emotionally damaging, I can tell. But you know what? It, it was for all of us. So you're not alone there. Um, what did you think overall? It was so fun, Anne. So fun. I mm-hmm. had the time of my life. I feel like it was a super quick read. But I feel like I was just so into it the entire time. I loved all the character introductions, mm-hmm. the little bit of background with their like with their punk rock backgrounds with each other and like mm-hmm. the emotional relationships that they had and like the story building with the characters was so fun. But then of course we have a character named Murder Falcon. If that's not mm-hmm. the coolest thing that you've ever heard <laughs> in your entire life, I don't know what is. I like it getting shortened to Murph. When they Murph, call him Murph, yes, Murph. I'm Murph. Like, Holy Makes shit, sense. this is the realest comic they've ever made. Makes sense. <laughs> also, just oh. Oh. kiss, kiss. What yeah. were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, before we get any further, we should probably give our viewing audience, our listening audience, thank you everyone for listening to our sultry voices, we should probably give them a little bit of a background on what this book is if they have not read it or heard of it before. So, Dallas, would you be so kind as to do us the honors of kind of explaining Murder Falcon a little bit? Yeah, so Once Upon a Christmas, this guy named Daniel Warren Johnson was like, I got to make the baddest comic anyone's read in the year of our Lord, 2014, I think, maybe 15, who knows. And this is coming off of the back of... 2019, 2019. This is is fairly new. Mm -hmm. 2019? Yes. DWJ just just, like exploded onto the scene. Like, (laughs) like, he hasn't even been like... At the top for that long, but yeah. that is so yeah. cool. It was That's my birthday crazy. yesterday, but Dallas is the one here feeling old today. Thank you very much. I know. <laughs> so 2019 Murder Falcon comes off of the back of Daniel Warren Johnson's success on Extremity, which if you haven't read is a very fun series that was cut short, has a little bit of a weird ending. That's not Johnson's fault, but he repositions. He says, all right, so we're going to tell a finite story. And we're going to tell a story about one of my favorite subjects. I'm being Daniel Warren Johnson right now, not Dallas. Heavy metal music. So at the intersection of heavy metal music and comic books is born none other than Murder Falcon. Which, fun fact, was thought up in a day after Johnson's brother was texting him, trying to come up with cool names for another project. And texted Murder Falcon, and Daniel Warren Johnson said, "Yeah, you're not gonna be able to use that one because I'm stealing it right away." <laughs> Mine. <laughs> and so, with the name Murder Falcon in mind, he crafted this entire story. But he's like, "Before I went to bed that night," and then got working on it the next day. And so, this, if you are most familiar with Johnson's work on "Do a Power Bomb" from last year, that really seemed to make some waves. This is a similar tribute to heavy metal music, the triumph of the human spirit, and the the power of love and the people in our life to buoy us all up. We all, like we all joked about at the beginning of this episode, life can be kind of tough sometimes, and art and art like Murder Falcon helps us get through it. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's really at the core of this book. Yeah. So I, I want to ask our friend Matt. Yeah. Who, to talk about Daniel Warren Johnson, metal music, and Murder Falcon in general. When we decided to get together, you had another idea that I shot down, and then this pretty quickly came up next. No, you, uh, you had another idea that I shot down. You said, <laughs> how about Alan Moore? And I said, eh, 
You said, who's that guy? Who? Who? What? Do you mean- I knew I liked Matt. <laughs> do you mean Grant- I was like, do you mean Grant Morrison? And he's like, no. And I said, no. But I gave, I gave a bunch of ideas, and, and then uh, we were talking about Murder Falcon. Um, DWJ, Daniel Warren Johnson, is the GOAT. Um, he, and like I said, this came out in 2019. But very quickly, I have uh, gotten season tickets to uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Wherever he goes, I'm there. And so what? So Murder Falcon came after Extremity, like you were saying. Pretty quickly after this, he rolled into Wonder Woman Dead Earth, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then into Beta Ray Bill, and then into Do a Power Bomb, right? Yes. So those are his major things. With a few little side projects, he did that um, short story in an issue of Superman Red, White, and Blue that uh, made me cry so much. And um, I think he's just a really, really, really special talent. Um, so you can see him sort of exploring all these different passions of his throughout these comics, but it always feels like everything he does is a passion project to some degree. He's the writer and the artist he's been interviewed and he's done a little bit of drawing for other people, but he's been interviewed and said, and has said like, I don't really want to draw for anybody else. Like I want to write my own stuff and draw it because he wants to remain passionate and man, it just shows so clearly in everything that he does. Um, He's got, Oh man, he's got transformers coming up next. Like that he's, he's taking over, the main Transformers title for um, I'm blanking on the, the Skybound. Public. Skybound. Um, so that was announced along with this um, uh, this other s- series launched under Robert Kirkman that was like a secret backdoor Transformers comic. And then at the end, it was like boom, Daniel Warren Johnson's doing Transformers, and I'm just like, I'm ready to cry over Starscream. Like it's just gonna, <laughs> it's not like that's gonna happen. Um, I've loved like everything he's done. It's it, his. Uh, his hit ratio is, is so high. You know, he'd be mm-hmm. he'd be number one on the boards in PUBG. And uh, <laughs> so I'm just, it just, Murder Falcon is so, it's, to me, I, I haven't read Extremity. That's the one thing I haven't read still, um, which I, I definitely will. I need to be a completionist. But everything I've loved, um, it's tough for me to say exactly which one of his, his things is my favorite. It's because they're all kind of just up there. They're all really kind of tied for first place, I would say. Like, whichever one I've read the most recently is, like, the one I love the most. So right now it's Murder Falcon. But Do a Powerbomb was, like, so incredible. Um, and he, his interests and mine clearly overlap a lot. Pro wrestling and metal, um, two things that I love. Uh, and so they get me to read comic books still, you know, which are okay. And um, so Mur- should we talk about the plot of Murder Falcon before we go any further? And talk about our, our general thoughts. Yeah, let's do I it. I vote yes. Okay, great. Who's going to say it? I can do it. <laughs> so Murder Falcon is a classic get the band back together comic book, right? So we have our main character, Jake, who has quit his heavy metal band, Bruticus, after, and this is some spoilers for Murder Falcon, getting slowly, some... slowly revealed throughout the... Yes, which I think is part of the genius of it. Yeah, and we'll get into that though. The right now, I'll just call it some disappointing medical news causes Jake to quit his heavy metal band and just sort of tailspin. And like everyone from the band, their life is not as happy as it was when they were in the band. And the inciting incident is the appearance of a giant monster in Jake's town, and then 
His guitar is blessed by the power of heavy metal rock and roll. And Murder Falcon, the titular character, appears. This giant, falcon-headed, buff, metal-armed dude that rules. It's one of the coolest designs of all time. And Murder Falcon and Jake then go out getting the band back together, getting the band magical instruments that summon their own avatars of the heavy through their music, and they battle against monsters and the personification of all evil and sadness in the world. It's a great book. It's pretty straightforward plot, but it's really, really driven by the emotional core of what, again, like I said earlier, what art and music can do for us. We find out at about the halfway point of this book that Jake is suffering from a an uncurable cancer that caused him to abandon his music and abandon all the people around him. And through Murder Falcon, through getting this band back together, he learns to open back up and that even though there is darkness all around him, he can invite the people in his life and the light back into his life to save everyone. And it has a pretty heartwarming and sad ending (laughs) where Jake goes out shredding on his axe to save the world. It's pretty, pretty phenomenal, honestly. So I've read this multiple times, right? And uh, I was like, I know what happens. I even like flipped to the end and looked at the end again when I was, you know, starting slowly reading through it. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not going to cry. And then I just get to those last few pages and I'm just like, uh. (laughs) I don't know what was going on with me. I was crying this whole time through this book for some reason, like every issue, something would happen that like knowing the ending, like made it hit extra mm-hmm. hard for some reason. Or just like trying to get choked up. I was like, we're in issue two, Dallas. Like you got to move see, on. That, that was me with do a power bomb. Yeah. With do a power bomb. I was just like, I was so emotional. And I was reading that as each one came out, I was so emotional every time. And then like, I read like the last two, when the last issue came out, I read the, Second to last, again, rolled into the last, and I was just like a mess, like the whole time. It was, it was, it was pretty pathetic. I was, I was, I was just, I was just bubbling over my, over my tablet. <laughs> so, Anne, resident metalhead, yes. What does Murder Falcon mean to you? Like, what do you love about this work? So, Murder Falcon was one of those books that I remember walking into my comic shop. I was just, it was just after college. I was just getting back into comics, like, full-time, really. And um, my comic shop or- owner just looked at this, looked at me coming. in. He's like, hey, I need you to check something out. And he'll he'll do this where he hands me, like, the weirdest book on the shelves. Um, the, the latest craze he's been showing me has been Kakju, which is this giant, this book about giant kaiju that fuck buildings. Um, Written just by Jerry he- Duggan. Yeah, just because he needs me to see it. And this was one that he pulled up. And he's like, I need you to see this. And you just look at the cover and instantly you're, you're taken by it because it's wild and crazy. And you're like, this is the most insane shit I've ever seen in my entire life. But I was poor at the time, so I told him I couldn't pick it up. <laughs> and But I re- he's, he told me, like, are you sure? It's really, really good. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I, I got to get this issue of, I don't know what I was in there for, probably f- f- fucking Aquaman for all I know. I'm like, yeah, I got to get this. Lantern to read. <laughs> get some pretty serious Green Lantern going on right now, man. I can't do this. Um, but I came back to it eventually, and I read through it. And I'm like, holy shit. 
holy sh- I think it was the second Daniel Warren Johnson book I read after Beta Ray Bill, where I'm just like, I think this guy might be special. I think this <laughs> I think this um Daniel Warren Johnson Mike Spicer combination, I think they might be onto something. They just like they hit that right spot. Like the um uh, what's what's her face who writes monster? Um Marjorie Liu and um Sana Takeda. It's like that perfect mm-hmm. mash when they get the band together and they they make beautiful, beautiful music. And this was, it was something special. And it, with the first time I read it, and this time when I read it, it brought something back out in me that I, like, don't often, like, have around anymore. And it's that youthful love I had for rock and metal music. It's like since, in the last couple of years especially, I've, like, really branched out my musical taste. I'm vibing with a lot of different things. Bruce Springsteen's one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm I'm loving Sammy Ray and the Friends. If you haven't heard Sammy Ray and the Friends, you really need to. They're so fun. Um and I'm also just like everyone else, a Taylor Swift head. I love everything so much. Um and Dallas even got me into country music with some Orville Peck and I've been exploring that a lot more too. And it's it's really cool when the the women are like, I'm gonna kill my husband. I'm like, I'm here for you, Queen. <laughs> There, there is no group that speaks pow- speaks truth to power like angry women in country music. Dude, they just have it right. I don't know what anyone else is doing. Every other song is like, that was really disappointing. And women country's like, I killed him. I buried him in my backyard and they're not going to do anything about it. He's dead. <laughs> Earl had to die. Fuck Earl. Um, it's... And it's been a great experience. I've, I've had music in as part of my life for all of my life. In high school, I was in band. I sang in correlation. I was in the jazz band. I was in the marching band. It was it was like all that I did. Um, and in college, I was a music minor. Um, that was a huge part of my education. I was in the symphonic band. I took private lessons for so long. I know how to play the bass guitar, the piano, the French horn, the mellophone, the trumpet. I've done everything because music I was raised with music as a huge part of my life my parents both love it so much and a part of that was my dad who if you go back and look at pictures of him from the 80s and the 90s you could tell he was he was into hair metal and rock so much it was insane hair out to here and now of course he's bald but you know that's I'm sorry if you're listening dad to the one episode I know you might listen to I'm you you still look great um (laughs) Hate to break and, it to you, you are and bald. The, and the Don't one thing you knew. always do is play a killer bass guitar. I grew up to um, him just playing along to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and um, Finger Eleven all the time and Iron Maiden. And those are the songs that I grew up on. And when I started to come into my own, um, like my own music journey, that was the stuff I clung to first. Um, the Foo Fighters were my favorite band for a while, but now my current favorite band is Hailstorm, which is my favorite heavy rock and metal band you you find the one that like speaks to you the most and i feel like rock really spoke to me as an outsider for so long because it it felt like the music for the outsider it felt like the music that was for people who were angry and felt like they didn't have a place and um it was really it was really cool growing up in like a um a small, very religious town and rock was like that one outlet you had of people around you who were saying like, fuck this nonsense, fuck this, bull- <laughs> fuck this bullshit. Um, the number, I listened to the number of the beast so many times. That is such a good fucking album. And I think the thing that resonates with this book is it captures the spirit of metal music so well, not just in the fact that 
it's so cool and awesome and you have mastodons impaling giant monsters and huge um eldritch beings invading this world and they can only be defeated with the sound and power of music but it talks so much about the emotion that music has behind it and the feelings um that it invokes because a lot of metal music is about facing up to those very very dark aspects of reality and the fact that the main character jake is dealing with cancer sorry i was spoilers <laughs> i should have said something different but it's really really huge it's a really really huge part of the book that he is dealing with literally death he is staring death in the face and his life is falling apart and this book embraces the idea of um, music and art is something that can save you from that and help you find meaning in it help you be brave enough to face it help you keep going even though that my favorite moment is at the end where it's like it's people finding the strength to scream into the void mm -hmm. and that that means a lot to me and it's very fitting that there's themes in here not just of like um anger and resentment and depression but also of love and belonging and friendship because th i think those are the two strongest emotions that people have love and hate and they're both equally represented in metal music and there's a lot of beauty there that I think a lot of people don't often see because when they think metal music, they think people screaming nonsense, a lot of white noise. Oh, it's, it's hard. It's a hard genre to get into, especially um, with how much um, machismo is in it. It's very hard for me after I transition to like go back to metal music. The scene is sometimes very, very not what I want it to be. But a lot of, if you find the songs that speak to you, it's, it's really, really powerful. And this book captures everything that makes that special to me so perfectly and it's it's crazy for me to say this isn't i don't think this is my favorite daniel warren johnson piece because i still think it's do a power bomb but mm -hmm. it is hard to top this this is a book that i literally handed to someone yesterday who's um with me for my birthday um we were at a comic shop and i picked up always never and murder falcon i said i don't care who <laughs> but one of you is taking home each of these books hmm. Inside you, there are two wolves. Inside you are two wolves. There's always never in there's murder falcon. <laughs> and it's just, it, yeah, it's an incredible, incredible piece of work that speaks so much truth to Daniel's own experience and anyone who is a fan of this genre. And just, it's, it's real, man. It's the real shit. You can hear the music when you're reading this. Like, I was reading some interviews from... DWJ and he was like I was really worried about my ability to translate metal music into a 2D comic book mm -hmm. so like, I didn't know if it would come through and I was like boy did it because like the few metal songs I know were just blasting in my head on every page of this book See, and the, the few moments where it like is actually like legitimately like um just stated what song is playing like the moment when painkiller is playing as the mastodon runs through that giant beast and the words in the back louder than an atom bomb and you just you can feel the bass in your in your chest and it's great because if you don't feel that you're in the wrong damn place that's the magic of metal and just that kind of music again i i have so much just been like dip my toes in but there my dad was always a very big Def leopard fan mm -hmm. and like there are some of those songs that even just now i feel like i feel like your heart starts to beat with them You're like wow this is crazy what they're able to accomplish with that i'll never forget um 
it was like fourth grade. And you talk about like the music of the outsider, right? I, mm-hmm. I had just moved to my new school and I felt very nervous. And so social suicide, I cried on my first day of fourth grade and as the new kid and everyone was like, that kid's a social pariah. No way. That's crazy. And so I honestly, I just like walked around with headphones, listening to music a lot at recess and stuff. And then I remember one of the popular kids came up and like, what are you listening to? And in hindsight, this is very funny because they were listening to like Nelly. Like when was the last time anyone listened to a Nelly song? But they came up and they like pulled my headphones out of my ears and they're like, what is this? And it was pour some sugar on me from Def Leppard. <laughs> Love it. And they were like, Gold. what is, what is this? And I was just like, I didn't know any, but like all of my music taste was from my parents at this point. So I was like, mm-hmm. music. I don't know. It's like one of the 40 songs. You don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's Def Leppard and Katy Perry. Okay. We have one or the other. <laughs> the two genders. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. in our house. Yes. I remember always trying to square the circle of not really liking Van Halen, though, because that was also a pretty big part of the 40 songs. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was 25 of the 40 songs. I don't like Van Halen the same as the other ones. My dad's like, you better shut up back there. (laughs) (laughs) We're listening to Jump again. I was like, why are we listening to the Herbie song? I remember I told him that in the truck one time and he looked like he wanted to kick me out while he was still driving. (laughs) The amount of times I've heard my dad say, Joe with the car. My dad would be like, Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Did he turn into like the trombone sounds from Charlie Brown? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is how he sounds. <laughs> and then just Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> I I like Van Halen. I'm not the biggest Van Halen fan, but I mean, I mean, my own like musical journey was that I really got into like classic rock at like the end of middle school, beginning of high school. There was a a uh, classic rock station out here in Southern California called KLOS. And that's what they would play all the time. Mm-hmm. Really got me into a lot of that. Like ACDC was like my band in high school. Um, but I, I like Van Halen too. I just didn't love them as much as some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some great Def Leppard songs like Photograph yep. uh, is Ladies my range. favorite, I would say. Um, Animal. I love mm-hmm. that one. It, it's like, I never really got into the hair metal side of everything. That's when like, so I got into like classic rock and then classic metal and then like modern metal at the time. But I kind of skipped the, I kind of skipped the hair metal of it all. And then uh, didn't really like new metal and you with the umlaut, you know, <laughs> um, not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's anyone's thing these days, including people that used to be in new metal bands. I don't think they really want to admit to that. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, but we we're talking about all this jumping around music and everything, but, um, no, I totally agree with the, the feel of the music in the pages. Like, um, Johnson was talking about how he worked a lot faster and looser on his art here than he had before this. And you can feel that like the lines have so much energy. And that's one of the things that I think really, um, distinguishes his art is you just feel that energy throughout it all. He's not working on being super precise, but his character work is really amazing. His figure work is great, but he allows like limbs to stretch and everything to like be empowered. You get this like Mm -hmm. many, many, many fast lines that will, you know, take up the outline of a character and you'll see that to portray like speed and movement and impact. And when you're doing that with like 
playing the guitar, like the drums are really crazy in this too. You, and you see that happening or, um, oh my gosh, one of the best pages in the entire book is, well, a couple of pages is, um, is Anne when she screams mm-hmm. into the microphone and you get the, like, it like gives me chills thinking about it. He, you know, um, Hildar, where you get the, 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 uh, black metal band, the last survivor of that gives her the microphone and she's talking about like, Oh, but I don't sing. It's like, it's not about singing. And, and you see like that one page where she's like thinking about, you know, the di- being there with, um, through the diagnosis mm-hmm. with Jake. And then the double page spread as she like screams and the, the wolf is behind her with the head that just like blasts apart all the enemies in front. It's just so incredible. Like just the emotion and the feeling, it's just all there. Um, and it's hard to really like nail down the technique behind it. But I think that he has such an amazing ability to convey emotion through his, not just, I mean, his writing is great, but through his, just his art, his, um, his pacing in his panels, he knows how to just like blow it out for those crazy moments and also to, to bring it down in the pace and let you sit with it. Like the way you know, with the talking, we jump to the end a bit with like the the horn that calls everyone destined to die. How that happens, and you break it down further and further into the tiny panels as you see everyone, and you get this like flood of emotions that starts you start to feel just as you see so many different people of all ages, and then you know Jake collapses, and then like it's like this emotional high, and then he brings it down, mm-hmm. and then. And it's just like, it's so emotional. And then Ronnie James Dio shows up and I just start crying. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I just like, there's something alchemical about it that you can't mm-hmm. really like say how it works. It's it's a story that works a lot like music because it has those crescendos and decrescendos and it knows mm-hmm. when to bring it, everything up and to let it come back down and simmer a little bit and just take some time to lower the tempo, get there but let people feel it as you go. Lexi, mm-hmm. before there's a part, um, I want you, everyone to remind me, there's something I wanted to say about the art and how it connects to metal music and how you can, I really think you can hear it in your head. But first I want to let um, Lexi talk for a second because Lexi, I want to know a little bit about your music history. What's your past with music? What's your journey look like? Oh girl, if you've got 17 years worth of trauma and <laughs> sparkly outfits, because let me tell you, <laughs> It is the complete opposite of what this entire book is. But I will say, when the symphony showed up, I was like, oh, okay. There I am. There you are. Hello. But I, I'm not even kidding. I like to make jokes that um, at all of my mom's, um, like, prenatal appointments, they'd, like, give her checkups and, like, ABBA would be playing in there. And they're like, okay, everybody, here comes this kid. Here comes the theater major with all of these other kids in our family. Um, But I feel like, for me, this book still equally hit me as much because I have that musical background. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like music is one of the only things that can get an actual real emotion out of, I, I would say, anybody. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody has some type of music that they have had an emotional experience with and of any genre, of any genre. And for me, like, that's my number one, like, downfall. Like, if there's anything that 
is remotely emotional. Like, I know I talked about, like, the Barbie movie last time on the episode, but as soon as that Billie Eilish song starts, I have to, like, get up and walk out of the theater. I'm like, I can't. Don't do not do this to me. I cannot watch a sad thing and have a sad song. Nope. Can't do it. But it just, like, for me, my music career, if you will, when I was a child, like, it just has such happy memories for me. And, like, the concept of, like, the getting the band back together is so fun for me because, like, there are so many people that were a part of my life through music and I was introduced through music to these amazing people. And so every time I think of those experiences, like, I think of the people and the relationships that I made and, like, the gateways that me being a part of these different institutions of music have brought me to this point. And... Like, I know I know Matt mentioned it already, but, like, the part that had me, like, actually really surprised with myself because I was, like, really, really enjoying the book. So, like, throughout. And then as soon as Anne, like, screamed through the microphone, I was like, okay, I need to take a lap. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, here we go. Because it's so true. Like, that's just something that doesn't get talked about very much is, like, how people put emotion into their music. Mm-hmm. And like, just like exactly, exactly what Matt said. Like, it's not like the line about like, it's not about singing. It's about like the feeling of it is so true. And like that, just the whole section right there was gold. And I like was so shocked because I didn't even really realize that I was crying while I was reading it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like that was super unexpected. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was such a like, pleasant surprise for me yesterday reading it. I had really no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, this just looks like really fun, like silly. Like I knew we had talked about like the metal music last week. I was like, this will just be fun. Like I'm excited. And I just had no idea what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. And I feel like anybody can find something in this book that they can latch on to, which I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So I had a great time with it. I would hand this to anybody. Hell yeah. I feel like I got a really quick for any Alexis is an amazing singer. Like she <laughs> having grown up around Alexis is an amazing singer. And she so she didn't say that in her she's like, Yeah, I, I did this and that music like she is top. I traveled top to the country. Singer. There we go. Hell yeah. That's she's very good. Off now and unplug and throw it across the room. I used to <laughs> I used to be a really good singer too, but back then I was singing bass, so it's you know, you gotta like, change some things. Um I think the one thing you touched on in this book. Oh, Dallas, do you want to? No, just two seconds. I found out that the um, what the deep voice on the subway is a trans woman. Yeah, she'll like still do it and like freak people out sometimes. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, that's. I love that. I I wish I could switch my voice back. Sometimes it does not work. I can't. I can't go back. It's it's like a switch has been flipped, and I would have to work to unflip it. It's so weird. But the um, the cool thing I think you touched on, Lexi, is just how much um, this book shows of how you put your soul into into art. I think about other um, pieces that have talked about music making and art making. I think about like Whiplash and it shows all the blood, sweat and tears that has to go into music. I think this book really, really shows what anyone who has ever played or performed in front of an audience knows. And that it's when you put your soul into that song, into that performance, you feel it. There is a connection that you share with that audience for just a little bit. 
and you feel like you left it all out there. And it's an inexplicable feeling that this book, I think, has gotten the closest to helping me relive. It's it's really hard to describe, but it's incredible to go back there and see that again. It's because it, it's, it's cool that that book gives both sides of that, both the making of the art and also the effect the art has on us. I love that. I think so much of what makes Daniel Warren Johnson such a special talent is his artwork. Like we love his stories. Mm -hmm. We love his ability to evoke emotion, but I think it really came full circle for me when I read Jurassic league, which was very fun, but Mm -hmm. was written by Johnson with art from a different entity. And the art was great, but I was just like, Oh no, it is Daniel Warren Johnson's art first and foremost that, for me, elevates these to a whole different level. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with his ability to draw in influences from all of the greats of comic books. Like there's so many of his panels that have Jack Kirby um, foreshortening with straight up Dragon Ball Z speed lines and action (laughs) sequences. And you can just feel his love for sequential art in every panel. I, Doing some research about him, I found out that his his big first loves in comic books are Calvin and Hobbes and Bone from Jeff Smith. And I feel like you can see the instincts of that kind of cartooning in his work mm-hmm. where anatomy is great, but it's going to be thrown out the window to sell what is going on in a given panel. And I just think that his like Matt was saying earlier, the looser that he got with this from Extremity, which Extremity is still a great book, but you can tell that he started to just loosen up with the pencil a little bit and let the art sell emotion more than a sense of realism. Mm-hmm. And that's that for me is the secret sauce of these books. Oh, yeah. There's um I was talking earlier about one of the things that I think really helps this book sell that um you can hear the music in your head even if you don't have anything playing. I think that Daniel Warren Johnson's style is perfect for this, but metal is one of those genres of music that isn't really based on a culture but built a culture. Where I think like country, it's a it's a genre of music that's based around an already existing culture. It's like this is what we are like, we're gonna tell you in music. And metal is like we don't really have that. So we're going to use our music to make this culture and everyone's going to group around it and it's going to be what we want it to be. And you have the the whole subculture of metalheads and thrashers that come out of it and just they make their own image and they force their own way um, to, to belong somewhere. And I think that's really, really incredible. And it creates such a unique image. And I think it's what really feeds into the fantasy of this book. You have all the the staples that the metal community has been using for for years just the 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 radical designs the the hardcore nature of everything in it it really lends itself to building its own unique world that is unlike anything we've ever seen and daniel Warren johnson is the perfect artist to bring that to life absolutely and like murder falcon himself is like the He's like the living embodiment of a, of a mascot for a band, right? Oh, yeah. Like so many metal bands like Ed the Head uh, for Iron Maiden. And I'm thinking about, there's just, a, there's a, like a lot. That's kind of my, my touchdown there. But um, he's that come to life. Or you think about all those classic metal albums that have incredible artwork 
a lot of them that are homaged uh, in the alternate covers uh, for this book. Uh, Lexi, I don't know if your c- copy had these, but like, there's a lot of these um, these uh, alternate covers that are doing like. Um, yes, Erica oh, Henderson did one. There's I said, like, oh, hello, oh, you. Wait, which one's Erica Henderson? Which one did no, she I said do? in my uh, yeah. I said number seven. I, I love the Judas Priest and the um, Iron Maiden covers. She did. Oh, she, one with she's the, 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 is she doing the the Holy Diver one? Yeah, okay, that's the, right. Yeah. Um, you know, you get them all there and like homaging that. So it's sort of like it's taking that imagery, like and you were saying, and and taking bringing it to life and living it out and using it as a shorthand, right? Where you don't have to explain the heavy. You don't have to explain, you know, our enemies in this. Uh, it's just sort of like, um, if you get it, you get it. You don't have yeah. to really say what it's all about. Cause like thinking about, we're talking about how there's like love and hate, right. They express through metal, but there's also like certain subgenres of metal where you get like, like, um, like high fantasy metal, you know, it's all about like knights yeah. and kingdoms, or you get like, metal that's all about like going to hell <laughs> or um just think about these different ones that are sort of like they're you're like touchstones mm-hmm. right of, of that um certain bands will lean more into one than the other mm-hmm. um where like ozzy osbourne black sabbath was more about like hell and war and ronnie james dio black sabbath was more about like castles and knights mm-hmm. um and it's just kind of like it's almost cliche but it sort of is feels like you you have something to kind of like latch onto and take you through like the music, which I just I really love. And you can get a lot of that in this comic. And um, I mean, I guess and you would be like the, the other one that would know a lot of the the different like sort of Easter eggs, right? For the metal oh, yeah. that, that's all yeah. laced through here. Cause I really love like all that. You don't have to get it yeah. to know. Like to me. I mean, early on, you get the, the red-robed figure in the heavy. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think about it. Like, who is that? It's kind of like this mysterious figure. But him revealed to be Dio is, like, was wonderful to me. Because, I mean, when did when did, when did did Dio pass away? I like I feel like it was remember. only a few years before this. Um, and, like, let me see. I'm going to look up. He, oh, he, okay. He died in 2010. And this came out yeah. in 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It had been a little while where it doesn't feel like you were just immediately like latching onto someone. But yep. um, I love that reveal of him or how when they unlock the door, the first thing yes. they see is like the, the statue of Lemmy. Lemmy. Yeah, I'm lo- glad. Yeah. And I love that. I just love that you can feel the, the sort of the, the deeper Easter eggs mm-hmm. here. Or, I mean, the, the moment for me that sealed my love of the book is when uh, Johan starts playing the bass and a Mastodon runs out. Yeah. Because Mastodon's like my favorite metal band. Awesome. Um, so it's like, yes, okay. Like, we're in good hands. I need to send you some, I need you to send me some songs to listen to actually because my Mastodon experience is like next to none. Okay, I need, yeah. I, I, I need some I, I, of that in my life. Them. Yes, <laughs> I love them. They're They're amazing. Um, those those references were so cool, and I also loved that he embraced every, like you were talking about those subgenres of metal. I love that he brought in the um, the the Swedish death metal band. I love that we went <laughs> to Tokyo and got the orchest the orchestra for like orchestral metal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really into prog metal. It's it's really big in my family. My dad's favorite band is Dream Theater, and mm-hmm. I actually went to go see them just about a month ago. Oh, nice. So, um, 
it's it's one of those things where people to I tell people like, hey, one of my favorite songs of all time is about 19 minutes long. And people like Dallas look at me like, are you fucking insane? Who has that kind of time? That's not you don't do that. You, you understand? I just did it again. I just I yeah. blinked and looked at her like she was insane. <laughs> this is a dream theater song. Yeah. Which one? The Count of Tuscany. Okay. I don't think I've heard it. I'll look it it's, up. It's beautiful. It's <clears throat> a beautiful well, piece. Taylor Swift 10 minute version. <laughs> That's also a good song. I can't wait for the Taylor Swift comic. There's Dream Theater has a whole song. <laughs> Prog metal is insane. There's a Dream Theater song where they change time signatures at least a hundred times in the song. It's crazy. Um, and See, also another one where they have a 17-8 time signature. That means there's 17 eighth notes in a measure. Who has the time that to count that That makes me want to die. <laughs> that is terrifying. That they're, needs to they're, be lit on fire. They're wild. They're insane. They're absolutely incredible. Um, well, Jordan then really is like, my favorite keyboard player of all yeah. time. <laughs> you'll really like Mastodon because they're prog also. They're, they're oh, more prog metal. Perfect. They're like prog sledge metal. Prog sledge death metal. <laughs> so, Put that on a t-shirt. Those words are in the Bible. Put <laughs> <laughs> that, that on awesome. a t-shirt. Wow. Um, yeah, I skipped church today for this, everyone. Um, <laughs> this Lexi, I think you'd Take really love orchestral metal. I should send you some mm, Nightwish. I you think should. you'd really like it. I do like orchestra. Anything. It's, it's really pretty. That's how I lay on the floor and cry. I'm a personal <laughs> huge fan of the orchestra that has the guy in the motorcycle sidecar going to town on that tuba. That was one of the best bits in this whole comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the number one comic right that there. Oh, yeah. As far as far as I'm concerned, we've peaked. Nothing else is going to top that. That or when my paleontology nerd here, when the aurochs come cruising through to the cowbell, yes. I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Look at those OG cows. And I also, I like the, obviously there's the orchestral metal of it all, but like the cowbell summoning someone and the orchestra summoning someone. And then even like in the big montage, little kids on kazoos summoning someone as someone who doesn't have as much of a connection to metal, but I do have a connection to music. That was it, the kazoo kid. I, yeah, as the kazoo kid, I really like touching on like, this is a genre that has helped Daniel Warren Johnson and many other people feel like that primal release that music creates. But ultimately I think music is one of the greatest inventions mm-hmm. of humanity to express ourselves. And so I like the little nods in this book that like clanking on a cowbell can make you feel an emotional release. Like mm-hmm. it can help you sort through what's going on in your life. And I think with so much of like the AI art movement, this idea of like democratizing art has been very silly because art has always been democratic. Like you have always been able to do a thing, like draw a silly little picture. It doesn't have to be good for anyone else. Like blow on a kazoo, make a dumb podcast, like do make bad art. It's, it will help you feel your emotions just the same as that professional grade art. And you will only get better. You will only help yourself more and more. And I, I like that. Yes, Jake is one of the greatest shredders of all time. Like they established that he can go to town on his guitar. But there are also little moments in this where like we talk about with the wolf where it's like, oh, I don't sing. It's like you you don't have to just like let it out, man. Mm-hmm. And I think art in general, when understood through that lens, that it is not about expressing yourself in a way that is pretty to other people, but just expressing yourself in an honest way to you that makes another layer of murder falcon very powerful and cool to me. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Is, 
brought up a, a memory for me uh, thinking about the cowbell and everything. I, I, I do love this one hit of the cowbell. Yes. So like, that's enough of that cowbell and everything. <laughs> um, um, but a broad memory for me, um, one of my favorite bands is M83. So it's not a metal band, uh, but I'm a huge M83 fan. I've seen them twice in concert. The first time they were at um, the Hollywood Bowl. They were with the LA Philharmonic, so they had a full orchestra behind them with this huge light show and videos made just for this one concert. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And then I saw them again at the Greek theater here, and it was a smaller show, but where the first one was like this huge sweeping epic, the second one was like a big party. And this they had just had this another album come out called Junk, which is really fun. And one of my the my the burn into my memory is they're playing this song called Colors, which is from, uh, her, uh, it's from, um, I'm blanking on which which uh, album that one's from. But uh, it's just this 10 minute, you know, kind of techno new wave, like jam song. And one of the band members, his entire thing is he's just hitting this piece of metal that kind of looks like a bedpan. It's just like, talk, 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 talk. And he's doing that for like, like eight minutes straight and he's dancing the whole time and he's like shuffling his feet and he's hitting it and like every, you can tell the entire audience just puts their focus on him because he's just going to town on this piece of metal and it stops and he just collapses and sprawls out on the ground for a minute while while it's not not his turn to play anymore and then everyone knows like his beat is coming up again and he jumps back up and he starts going again and the crowd starts going crazy just for this guy just hitting this piece of metal over and over and the whole crowd was just jamming out with that. And you just felt like when the con- when the crowd really gets into a concert and they're just feeling it and you're all there. And I felt it both times with M83. It was just so like this giving that the audience is giving and the band is taking and the band is giving back and the audience is taking. And you just feel this like energy just, th- just flowing through the air. And it's so special and makes live music special or it makes... You know, when you're when you really feel music just on your own, you're listening to something with someone else and they're feeling it, too. It's just sort of this inexplicable energy that you feel it. You can't describe it. You just know it and you feel it. And when you share it with someone, it's really, really special. And my least favorite thing to do is is when you go to concerts and the crowd's too cool to like, you know, do anything like was oh, like I went and saw The Midnight went like their second ever show and the crowd was too cool for the band but i was just jamming out like the whole time like i was like who gives a fuck if like everyone else is like too cool to dance i'm just gonna start jamming out like in the crowd right now and i felt it but it's like one of those things where it's like just just like let it out like let it out feel it don't worry about what anyone else thinks and when the whole when everyone's like that it's just so special like that's what makes like concerts really special i or, a yeah. thousand percent agree because mm-hmm. i total genre change but i just went to taylor swift like a month ago and holy shit <laughs> <laughs> holy shit i have never had i have had seventy five thousand best friends now because <laughs> i'm not kidding i could have walked up to anybody in that in that arena and like just because we like her equal levels mm-hmm. We're best friends. You know everybody. Like music yeah. is the worldwide like base level. Like everybody can appreciate music. 
Like, mm-hmm. I got stopped in a random gas station in Idaho because I was wearing a Taylor Swift sweatshirt. And this lady who was in her, like, probably mid-50s, she was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what? Did you go to a show? Like, where were you? Like, how was it? And I was like, I don't even know this lady. And, like, her little girls were with her and they were, like, freaking out. And, like, it's just, like, it's just, like, that type of stuff is what music mm-hmm. does to people. It, like, across the whole country, it brings people together. Across the whole world, yeah. it brings people together. Oh, and yeah. it just is so cool. Well, I think something that's cool is, like, Music will get you even if you don't expect it. Like mm-hmm. I, I was invited once and I, I liked the band, but I was invited on a date once to a Florence and the Machine concert mm-hmm. with someone I had never met before. It was a first date. I was like, you know, even if you're weird, I'm going to get to see Florence and the Machine. And it was just incredible. Like You just got swept up in it. Or I went to a Billie Eilish concert like two years ago out here in New York. And it was it was a music festival. So it was all just standing room right there were no seats or anything so there were probably a hundred thousand people that all crammed up next to that stage and when her like big bass heavy song started playing like it rippled like an ocean You're like this is the craziest thing i've ever been a part of and like <laughs> i like her music but that was an excellent concert just because you got to be there with everybody else experiencing the music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's 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 great when a concert changes you. the The first time I saw Hailstorm, it was a it was a concert they called an evening with Hailstorm. I'm like, okay, this sounds great. It was in this big bar, and I got to be maybe like thirty feet from the stage. And at the time, they were like a really favorite. They were like one of my favorite bands. I'm like, I love them a lot. But I rem- and I had a specific song I wanted to see. Um, and I went into that concert and I walked out not only with a different favorite song of theirs, but I walked out realizing it myself like very quietly because i like i the food fighters have been my favorite band for like 10 years and i very quietly i like said to myself like i think they're my favorite band now <laughs> and i'm like sorry dave sorry dave there's just something <laughs> so special in the air that day and i'm mm-hmm. like that i i've never experienced that in any other concert That's that amazing. was incredible i call that a concert crack I'm that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think it really helped that there was no opening band. It was just them the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is special. I don't I didn't have yeah. to uh, Foo Fighters, I had to sit through Mariachi Del Bronx. Um, which was like Wait, 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 wait. I had I Wait, did you when, see them when too? did you yeah, I saw I've them back two... in twenty it was in Columbus in twenty twelve, I think. Okay. That must have been the same tour. Because Mariachi yeah. Del Bronx and uh what's their how oh, flanking the other Rise band against. that was with them. Okay, Rise Against was not with them when I really? saw them. Uh, I'm blanking on the other the other one, but uh, oh, it was uh, Cage the Elephant okay. was with them. Um, and the lead singer of Cage the Elephant was like super weird on stage, <laughs> he was acting like a fucking creep. But um, yeah, but Foo Fighters put on an amazing show, super oh, yeah. long, it's like two and a half hours or something yeah. like that, three, and like multiple encores and like switching to acoustic and back to electric mm-hmm. sets and crazy it was stuff. But amazing show. Oh yeah, it was, it was incredible. Uh, R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins, but oh, yeah. uh, um, that was a great show. But yeah, those intimate shows when like there's like one like Lexi, you were saying where you just like it's so special and it's such a an artist that can connect with seventy five thousand people. <laughs> you feel it, yeah. It felt that, and that's like super special. Clearly, yeah. there's a reason why Taylor Swift is so popular oh both just for albums and also for the concerts because yeah. she has something that just connects with a lot of people and then also the intimate shows they're actually very small can be fun when you don't even maybe don't even know the the band um 
few years ago, I saw City in Color. I don't know if you know City in Color, anyone, um, but uh, I love his stuff. And it was a fairly small show, too. It was probably a few hundred people. And you could feel, like, the love. Like, there, what I felt there was, like, that the audience so intensely loved him and he could feel it and was giving that back. And that was a different kind of feeling, too. Because um, he was incredible and the, the music was great but you could just feel this like to me what i love about city and color is this like intense personal feeling that i feel in a lot of his songs um that helped me through a lot of like difficult times too in a different way and so that was special to to go to that concert and to be like i think everyone else here had a similar experience with his music and you can feel that in that but it's that was an intensity of emotion that i've connected to those songs that to me, when I'm not like ready to feel that again, like I don't listen to his stuff as often. Even though when I hear those songs, I'm like, just like it really is special. But it's kind of it's very specific to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll say music, music is music is great. You know, yeah. Little so. known hit music, underrated masterpiece music in general. <laughs> music by musician is so cool. <laughs> They but really went off with that thank one. Thank you, thank you for sharing that, Matt, and yeah. thank all of you for being so open and personal and vulnerable with this episode. I really appreciate that. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to talk about with this book specifically before we get into our listener questions? We have a few callers on the line. Um, Mike Spicer's colors are incredible. So cool. So Dan- underrated. Daniel Warren Johnson is incredible. Daniel Warren Johnson with Mike Spicer is transcendent. Mm-hmm. I have read. Dan Johnson, Dan Warren Johnson's work without Mike Spicer, it's great. But these neon colors, just the breadth of color work that goes on on these pages is insane. I don't even know how to nail it down, but it it blows me away. I Even if something as simple as the color work on the sky behind Anne before she screams, when it's flashing between her in the night sky and then Jake going through chemo, her in the night sky, Jake going through chemo, and like the blue-black of the starry sky behind them all is stunning. Like I I don't know how Mike Spicer landed on that color palette for that specific night sky, but it's perfect. And... So much of the emotion of comic book art can be tied up in the color work. It feels like someone was recently kind of dragging modern movies, but they talked about how so much of the job of the score of a movie is to help you understand how you're supposed to feel. And I feel like the score of comic books is sometimes the color work. Like you understand if a page is red, like you're supposed to feel a big, angry or loud emotion if it's blue you're Mm -hmm. supposed to feel sad and mike spicer rides the waves of daniel warren johnson's kinetic line work so perfectly to help sell that emotion that we all praise johnson's work for so much absolutely um i'd never heard any racer x before reading Mm -hmm. through this time and racer x is one of the few bands that actually has lyrics here and man so good sunlit nights incredible um hearts on fire yeah yeah murph is the best friend that anyone could ever ask for he is he is so great like Mm -hmm. he's like the ultimate metalhead but he's like a great dude a great friend he is 
very positive without like denying other people's emotions. He's strong when anyone else needs someone to like, like lean on them. And I just, yeah, it's great. I just, I think that, you know, he goes from being like drinking beer on the top of a van to <laughs> coming across this thing where you see, um, Johan sees them for the first time when they're fighting on the street and he's like, Jake. And you see him do this like power slide and he, here we go. And he does the musical monster chop. Mm-hmm. At that moment, it's just like, this is, this is like the best, this is the best comic ever. Yeah. The, I'm going to get is. emotional and cry if I mention it again, or if I think about it too long, but the moment where he, um, Jake's having his final fail well at the end of the book and mm-hmm. he thinks that Jake, that Murph can't hear him and he starts talking to Murph's like, oh, I'm going with you. <laughs> yeah, it kind of scares him a little bit. I just love it. Um, just looks up, oh, I'm going with you. He, he just um, sat there very patiently, just letting him do his thing. He's like, this is this is important. I need to let my friend have this. I want... Carry, yeah, carries him in the wheelchair, flying mm. around. Oh, when he when he upgrades, like Optimus Prime at the end of Revenge of the Fallen? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the jam. perfect reference. <laughs> I thought that same thing. I was like, oh, shit, Revenge of the Fallen. Bad movie, cool upgrade. Oh, man. I need Alexis to take her headphones off for two seconds because I don't want to spoil something for Do a Powerbomb. Oh. Mm-hmm. When Jake and Murph are at the end I know. of Do a Powerbomb, yeah. devastated. Devastated crocodile tears, frankly. I'm, I mean, just like, I was already like, to me, it was like, I was so emotional. And then they're in that. And I'm just like, all oh, my friends are here. And it's like, to me, it was like almost comforting because I was already like, you know, pissing tears. So <laughs> I'm going to sit here and pretend like I noticed the first time and say, yeah, yeah that really upset me too. I'm going to go grab my book real fast. And you know. yeah. And, oh, and the last page they're in there with yeah. the, all the other people that, that makes are in sense. heaven. I'm focused on the mom to notice anything else. So mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, okay. they're in there. All right. So I'm going to invite Lexi back. Silence. All right. <laughs> um, so should we roll... Alexis, do you have any final thoughts before rolling into questions? No, I'm kind of excited for questions. I read some of them. So... Yeah. I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm okay. feeling good. Well, let's... Yeah, let's roll into it. We have some callers on the line. First up, we have Glenn Machette. Glenn, thanks for calling in. What do you have to ask us? I, people who forgot my Wonder Woman question last week, but it's fine. I mean, I've had therapy. And anyways, thank you, Glenn. Continue. Do you have a question? Yes, I do, actually. I'm a Daniel Warren Johnson virgin. Which work should I read first? Thanks, Glenn. Um, that's a great question. Um, any, anyone, does, do any of you have a preference on what your first Daniel Warren Johnson work should be? Murder Falcon. Yeah. Murder Falcon was yeah, my first, and it's perfect. Me too. Yeah. Very good. I, I, I feel like there's not a bad answer here i feel like all Mm -hmm. of his works stand alone pretty well i feel like if you're you know if you like a lot of cape comics if you want to jump into like beta ray bill first it's like a character you already know and it'll let you get used to his style of storytelling his style of artwork within a familiar frame but honestly i don't think you'll have any problem jumping into murder falcon or do a power bottom Power bomb. Do a power bomb. <laughs> nice. I don't know. My tongue is a slip. Do a power bottom. Happy birthday to Anne. Happy birthday to Anne. So, anyway, Glenn is still talking. Glenn, what else? I would say that Beta Ray Bill has the most shared DNA with Murder Falcon. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're operating similar wavelengths. And then. That's also that's around the time when DWJ started to get into pro wrestling, so you can tell because like 
Beta Ray Bill hits a lot of amazing finishers, like when he does the uh, Rainmaker clothesline on a guy in a bar, or he tr- he, he tries to end um, he tries to end Searcher with a, a move called Made in Japan through a spire. It's really awesome. Like when you know these moves, um, oh my gosh, like like you mark out like so hard as a wrestling <laughs> fan. The Made in Japan Shingo, Tata- Shingo Takagi's Made in Japan is one of the coolest moves ever like it looks like you would have to be a superhero to do that because you you um pump handle a guy's arm through his leg hold it and you hoist him up in front of you fully with your own strength holding his wrist and like under hooking his arm from behind and you he hoists the guy up all the way off the ground in front of him on his own strength and then he flips them over onto the back of their neck and and up and shoulders as he sits out in a power bomb and he holds them still like that. It's one of the coolest things. And Beta Ray Bill does it jumping off of the top of a cliff through a spire in hell. And it's like, ah, or not real spoilers, but at the end of, um, I mean, do a power bomb obviously has tons and tons of pro wrestling moves because it is a pro wrestling comic, but he is pulling from actual pro wrestlers. Like, this uh, the Knight and Squire team. Their finisher called like King Arthur's Table is actually a uh, a move called Big Rig from a group called FTR, which is that you like pick someone up from their legs and you fall back in like a flapjack form while your teammate jumps up, grabs their head and brings their their um, knees up so they land like with their head and chest on your knees as you fall into your back. Like that's in there, or at the end, um, someone very special does a modified version of what's called a one-winged angel, um, which is basically a double-winged angel. So one-winged angel, Kenny Omega, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, what he does, again, super powerful, is he goes from behind the guy and from behind puts his head through their legs and brings them up so they're sitting on his shoulders. And then he brings his arm up, grabs the back of their neck, and then flips them forward as he sits out. So they flip forward and land on the back of their head and shoulders and then power bombs them like that and pins them and no one kicks out of that. Someone does a, a, a double version. And in those moments, I'm like, incredible. Greatest thing ever. So what I'm saying is you should read all of Daniel Warren Johnson's stuff immediately in a row. No breaks. Do it now. That's correct. Hell yeah. That's correct. Binge it. Just make a day of it. Weekends, you know, you got you got free days. Yeah, grow up. Read the comics all in a row. <laughs> grow up. Sit down and read your damn comics. What do you have? Kids? You probably have two kids or something. Put them outside. <laughs> put them outside, Glenn. <laughs> put put, put those sorry. little kids outside in the backyard. Those Question little, number two from Glenn. Those little kids. Those little kids sent me the cutest birthday video. It, it, they're adorable. Some juicy collection news, Glenn says, about deluxes for Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Morrison's Flash, and Omni's for Simone's Secret Six and more. What are we most excited for? Uh, the Immortal Hulk Omnibus comes out this next week. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. That is going to kill someone if you hit them with it, but that is a great comic, and I'm excited they made it one omnibus, even though that's a crazy decision to make. I'm excited to get a hard... A hard, I almost said hardcore copy of Supergirl, but the hardcover copy of Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, is long overdue because DC, it's what you should have done from the goddamn beginning, you bunch of cowards. If this was like man's book, you wouldn't 
think twice about it. It's fucking talking. Every other Tom King book gets a hardcover. Fuck you. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm most excited for. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love that. Both the Human Target books are hardcover. I saw them yesterday. You can't hide it from me, DC. Cowards. Cowards. I mean, everyone knows Christopher Chance is a bigger deal than Supergirl. I mean, in... You, you know, I mean, that's a well-known character. He had a whole TV show on the CW. The hierarchy of power. Ew. In the CW. We all remember the CW Human Target show. I thought, that he was on, I thought that the Human Target show was on Fox. And that's why it was a different character as Human Target when he came over to Arrow. You know, you're right. It was an FX original released on Hulu. <laughs> Yes, just like the bear. Anymore. I love the bear. I too it's, like the bear. It's like the bear, pretty good. Human target, you know, just a little bit better. <laughs> Lexi, Supergirl any of those ever. that you're excited to excited to read from the ones I listed off? Um, honestly, I could see myself going and buying a hardcover of Woman tomorrow. So that's pretty exciting. I'll go Hell find yeah. her in the wilderness. Love nice. that. Matt, any thoughts? I'm I'm a little busy reading. Let's go, Starman Matt. Look at you. Just wanted to say thanks to Dallas and Anne for their episode because this was on my like long to read list for a long time. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'll get later, get later. Never really got around to it. And then it was like out of print for a while. But then with your episode, I was like, I got to read this. So I bought the first compendium. And my goal is to read one issue a day. Uh, I put a little pause on it to make time for Murder Falcon, but I'm. I'm like seven or eight issues in now. He's in the he's in the the circus right now. Yep. And loving it. Amazing. Amazing. It. Wait till in Compendium Two when there's the Hellboy crossover. You're gonna mm-hmm. be, you're gonna be living. <laughs> I'm familiar with that character. Uh, yeah, I, I might be familiar with that guy. <sighs> I love that. I was at the um the comic store at yesterday. I was I saw that Compendium and I noticed what Dallas said about the second one because their second one was kind of slopped over on the shelf and it's like completely <laughs> bent. I'm like, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> this book was put together with a dream and Start that's it. A dream, some chewing gum, <laughs> and toilet. Well, the, fl- the flash flop. They got to make up the money somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do... This sounds like the Starman fan's fault. Send him out a crappy book. <laughs> I mean... Sounds fair. There's, I also saw the Irredeemable Omnibus, and I'm thinking evil thoughts again. But that's going to be Dallas and Lexi's problem. So did um, Irredeemable, frankly. Yeah, god damn. Finally, a question for Lexi. Will you be attending New York Comic Con this year? I'm going, even though Anne keeps telling me not to. <laughs> Thanks, I will Gwen. Be. I got yeah. to meet all of my fun internet friends, and I had to convince my mom wouldn't kidnap me. Same. <laughs> always. Always a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm meeting up with a friend I met on the internet, Mom. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Bye. I'll be fine. Bye. <laughs> my favorite Don't worry. They're Mormon. It's fine. Anne has shifted to not an internet friend in my mom's mind. But I still have never met her in person, which pains Sick. me every day. Soon. Two months. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Lord. Awesome. Two months. Yeah, yeah, all of all of us can hit New York Comic Con. Matt, you NYCC's coming up. People get tickets. I'm going. I'm supposed to go. Yeah. I would love if you came to Please. NYCC. That'd be so and, bad. And when is this? Mid October. Fifteenth, I think, is like the Saturday. I'm gonna be making a lot of Halloween videos around then. 
fair. You can, do it. you can give up on the Scream retrospective. Come out to New York Comic Con. <laughs> the Scream retrospective will be coming out after the next Scream movie comes out. Because I know they're going to make another one. <laughs> if you're waiting till the last Scream, you might never make it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the end of this trilogy. The end of this trilogy. Whatever, Whenever that happens. How many trilogies are there? Too many. Well, well there was Scream 1 through 3 in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Then they made Scream 4 by itself. And then Wes Craven passed away. And now they're doing this new one that they've done two so far. And I figure there's going to be a third coming out. So that's mm-hmm. when the screen retrospective will come out. That makes it's sense. after that, which I don't know when that one's coming. I thought that it was going to probably come out next year, but it seems like there's some issues behind the scenes. It yeah. might be a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there might be something going on in Hollywood. We're not sure. Yeah, no So much to look into that. Um, I've got, I've got lots of retrospectives coming. I've got a Poltergeist retrospective. Mm. I've got a Wolfman retrospective. I've got a Chucky retrospective. Mm. Uh, they're all coming. I can't wait. Love it. Lexi, it's going to be a good time. There's a caller on your line. Can you read us the, <gasps> can you let us know what the next caller is saying? Absolutely. All right. It says, hi, all. I haven't got a question as I haven't read the book yet. Great. <laughs> Doing... Uh, going on a well thanks for stopping by yeah thanks for stopping by no this is a cute one this is a cute one uh dwj binge soon before his transformer starts i just wanted to wish Anne happy birthday and thank you all over the last two years you've helped turn my love of comics from a tiny flame into an insane inferno consistently two or three volumes a week for over a year now it's genuinely one of the best things that's ever happened to me and a thank you and a lot of credit goes to you guys thank you and I'm looking forward to the episode. Have a fantastic birthday, Anne. I just I want to point out it might not be us. A lot of small flames have become insane infernos in the last two years. That is uh, yeah, climate change. Capitalism, climate fault. change. Um, Sorry to break it to you, Dave. Ultra conservatism. Uh, the state of Utah as well. So, but shout out Alexis. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate that. Um, are we all picking up Transformers Day One? For DWJ, I fucking guess. Yes. When does it come out? <laughs> I probably can. Um, I'll let you know. It'll be on I your. I thought it was like October. I thought it was October. Let's show up there. I thought it was October. I haven't. I haven't been following it too close. Woo-hoo. I just know it's coming. Transformers exists in this great area for me, like He Man, where it is a toy first and everything else second. Like, I had a lot of Transformers toys. I know all their names. That is it. I don't know any of the lore. I don't want to know any of the lore. I just like when Starscream screams, and I like Optimus Prime a lot. Ditto. See, you're already beating me because I don't know any of the names. I have never asked the breed of Transformer at this point. I'm too afraid to ask. Um, yeah, there's there's Optimus Prime, and there's Megatron. And Bumblebee. And Bumblebee's the one, at least one of the yellow ones. Um, I've seen the Michael Bay movies. One of them's called Ratchet. Not one of them's out of the lineup, Jazz. But there. Starscream Someone. is the little... He's the little gay one um, who is always True. serving. Um, True. Someone said Jazz is the black one, and I, that cracked me up pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. Someone's like, how do you know which Unfortunately true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's read the next one, which has a question. Uh, DSC Business. This is a business question. Writes and says, hello, Comics Collective. Thank you for doing this podcast and media recommendations. I continue to get good shows, comics, and books from the podcast and Twitters along with Dallas and Evans podcast. Thank you. I would hear about half these things, if not for you. One question one. Daniel Warren Johnson's book are steeped in wrestling moves and anime level fight choreography. I was wondering if you have any favorite examples of 
aspects or tropes from different genres or media being implemented into other works. So do we have favorite examples of that? Uh, well, one recent one was Creed three getting very mm-hmm. anime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that final fight uh, where the crowd disappears and you get these like kind of power moves that are happening. Uh, Cause this Michael B. Jordan is a huge weeb. Um, that was super fun. That very unexpected really kind of made that movie differentiate itself from the rest of the, the franchise, I would say. That's a great example. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have any Also examples? the one I was thinking of. So thank you for making sure I have no answer to this. I can't I'm sorry. Happy birthday. <laughs> this Happy might not friend. be a great example, but I love the matte paintings in the original Star Wars movies. I love having just big, beautiful paintings that get incorporated into that movie to help sell the scale and everything's going on. Alexis, give me a crazy face there. I love it too. That's, that's an incorrect example, but I do enjoy that. Okay. Thank you. Well, it's from outside of film. It's paintings. So there you go. (laughs) Take that. (laughs) Say what I love and I wish more comic book movies would do. I love how well into the spider verse steers into the comic book genre and brings in so much of that from just the, um, the coloring of the, the um, every frame to make it look like a comic book to the word bubbles that pop up from time to time to the sound effects. It's so wonderful. I wish it would happen more often. A comic book movie that doesn't feel like it's afraid to admit that it comes from a comic book. Yeah. Like, can we all imagine how fun like a Gwenpool cartoon would be with that mm-hmm. style? How fun. How that fun. would be fun. I have a different example that might also not count. I loved when, when Brian Hitch made widescreen comics popular when he's like let's make comics look like movies i don't like that that's all that we do anymore but in that specific like two-year frame when no one else had ever done that that was cool as hell i thought that was great yeah mm-hmm. great question two <laughs> due to music being heavily involved with the plot what is your favorite music artist genre album etc that's tough that's a tough question. I think my taste is really, really broad. So it's tough to narrow down. Like, it's kind of like, who am I listening to the most right now? Like, I'll go from like a lot of retrowave stuff with like the Midnight, uh, Mono Memory to like, I like country also. I think Chris Stapleton is like one of the greatest like living artists. I don't know if you listen to much Chris Stapleton, but mm-hmm. he's just, wow, he, he's the goat. Um, to like, yeah, tons of metal, it, you know, that we've been talking about. Uh, I don't know. It, it's really tough for me to, to narrow it down. Have you listened to any Orville Peck? That's my country guy. My only reference for Orville Peck is every time he's brought up on the air. <laughs> well, <laughs> then yeah. take a hand, yeah. go out and listen to some Orville Peck. It's, it's one He's cool. His, he's like Johnny Cash of, um, and Elvis had a baby. His rendition of Born This Way is so good that you'll forget <laughs> that Lady Gaga's exists because you're like, wow, this is the one that doesn't have any slurs in it. This is so cool. <laughs> not to um, be more woke than lady gaga <laughs> it was a different time it was 15 years ago or whatever um <laughs> i need i need any of you to guess i'm looking at my spotify on repeat what is my number one on repeat song at the moment uh you'll be back from the hit musical hamilton no this is That's no longer one. 2018 <laughs> that was there don't lie um the soundtrack to hades town 
from no. the hit musical. That was Hades last Town. year. I listened to Hades Town a lot last year. I love musicals. I love musicals so much. Um, my top song last year was 3090 from Tick, Tick, mm. Boom. My top song right now is I'm Just Ken. <laughs> oh, by Ryan yeah. Gosling himself. Exactly. Like, that song is I, so catchy. It should not have been that catchy. Yeah. The the metal songs that I've been listening to in the last week have kind of helped to push out all the gay shit I was listening to just the week before that. <laughs> Zolita has been on constant repeat. Phoebe Bridgers. Um, oh. What's Ooh, Phoebe. What is her name? She did a really wonderful song this year. She's been doing some great TikToks that I've been watching. Beth McCarthy, She's Pretty. It's so great. Um, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. I, I'm listening to anything and everything. I accidentally clicked Miley a song. Cyrus. My bad. Um, yeah. And I said earlier, Foo Fighters, Bruce Springsteen, Hailstorm. My mom taught me a love for Bon Jovi that has never died. Oh, um, my dad and Bon Jovi for me. Oh, yeah. It's My yep. Life by Bon Jovi was the first song I ever knew all the words to as a little yep. boy. Nice. Yep. Um, and also, Evan sent me um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So Vivaldi's been playing a couple more times on my phone <laughs> as of late. <laughs> the tears keep flowing. That's a crazy movie. Um, I also have a pretty broad music taste, but on repeat lately, I've been Taylor Swift's re-release of all of her albums has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, always listening to a lot of Johnny Cash. The Front Bottoms just released a new album, so it's a huge weekend for insufferable white guys like me. And um, the Ninja Turtles movie really brought me back into a Wu-Tang Clan and a Tribe Called Quest mood, which doesn't take a lot to do. like both of them a lot, but so that's kind of what's been on rotation for me. Oh, boy. I have been so deep in the Taylor Swift trenches right now. I have been streaming her 1989 album out the wazoo because I have to mentally prepare for October 27th for when the re-release comes out. Um, All of those albums are bangers. Thank you. I will take no notes. But also honorable mentions to uh, Dua Lipa. Love her. Saw her also last year live. That was very fun. That was a very fun concert. She wore roller skates. I was like, that's the best thing that's ever happened. But (laughs) it was great. And then also Harry Styles is fun sometimes, too. I think it's also been delightful for Ariana Grande to be a real pop star and steal other people's husbands, (laughs) even though that that husband is SpongeBob SquarePants. All the husbands steal. (laughs) She stole SpongeBob SpongeBob SquarePants. What did I miss? Oh, you missed a lot. Yeah, so... The Broadway actor that played SpongeBob in SpongeBob the Musical. Of course. He just had a baby with his, his wife. high school sweetheart, his wife. Okay. And he is starring next to Ariana Grande in the upcoming Wicked movie. And he Ariana Grande. I don't know who he is. And Ariana Grande swooped him. She stole him. He divorced his wife oh right after they God. had a baby to go run away with the Ariana baby's Grande. Like four months old, like small baby. Holy shit. It's messy, yep. and honestly, yeah, I'm grateful. Then, Thank you, Ariana Grande, for being a bad pop star again. We've missed this genre. We've missed you. We've missed you. You know who's <laughs> surprisingly good that I've been listening to a lot that I never thought I'd listen to again? Rebecca Black. Oh, my gosh. I am. That's the best thing you could have ever said. Yeah. Oh. Because, listen, everyone remembers that Go stupid back. Friday song, right? But she's grown up since then, and now she sings gay shit. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's got some gay bangers. <laughs> she's awesome, actually. <laughs> 
Do a Power Bottom by Rebecca Black. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would, I, would, I would listen. I would, I'd pick yes. that album up. Yeah? Yeah, you would? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you want me to say? I know that sounds gross to me. I would never do that. That That's awful. <laughs> Not me. No way. <laughs> Not me? No, never. Never. All right. Let's read our last question. Okay. Give me just a second. I locked my phone. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> The last question comes from Owen. Hello, Comics Collective and special guest Matt Draper. Big fan, by the way. Before I get into my email, I want to give... (laughs) Number one guy right there. Wow. (laughs) I mean, true, true. Um, Before I get into my email, I want to give a big happy birthday to Anne. Hope you have a good... Hope you have a fun one. Thank you, Owen. Now, a little confession. At the time of me writing this, I haven't actually read Murder Falcon. Before you gasp with astonishment, oh, shoot. And Shamey, <laughs> don't worry. I intend to rectify that mistake soon, as I'm planning to get a copy when I can. So to get into my questions for this episode, is Murder Falcon the most metal comic of all time? And do you consider Murder Falcon to be Daniel Warren Johnson's masterpiece, or is there a book that you think is better? Much love, Owen. That's so funny. What just reminded me was that this book came out around the time that DC, was it DC Metal or was it DC Death Metal came this out? This would have been Death Metal if it was 2019. Yeah. Death Metal and, was 2020. And I was reading Death Metal and then I, you know, but I read this around then too. I was like, <laughs> I was like this just pisses all over <laughs> Death Metal. Like, I wasn't, like, Metal was okay. DC Metal was okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Death Metal was just the drizzling shits. Like, it was <laughs> so fucking bad. Like, Scott Snyder, retire, bitch. <laughs> if you're listening, Ouch. I'm sorry. Ouch. <laughs> oh, this, what's I crazy is, I don't even know if this is Daniel Warren Johnson's most metal comic. Like, I don't know why I'm thinking this. But Wonder Woman, Bill's pretty metal. Oh, oh, De- also- Dead Earth. Dead Earth, Dead Earth is crazy. It's crazy metal. Yeah, it's tough. So the only true contenders are other other books by him. Um, not, I don't know. It's kind of tough. There's nothing else even close, frankly. Scott, Scott, if you're listening, I want you to know that I don't take back anything I just said. <laughs> Fight oh, me geez. on the moon. <laughs> In the Coliseum, we can be the opening act for Elon and Zuck. Well, yeah, we'll tag it up some more, and then we'll fight in the Coliseum. Um, I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I uh, other, it's just it, like this. The the feeling of the music in it, and and the just the transcribing like like metal imagery into it is so you know it's so amazing. I also I, would put up every single Frank Frazetta painting. Those are also in the running for the most metal thing that's ever happened. I saw an art book of his yesterday at the comic shop. It was he's amazing. He's he was, amazing. He was, yeah. Which reminds me that um, I think that like Thor God Butcher is pretty metal. It's very much an influence on that too. So higher in the running, I would say for that. I, I pulled up a list of, I just searched most metal comics and I saw <laughs> this one at half price books the other day and I just let it go. Tom Morello wrote a comic apparently called Orchid. Uh-huh. And I, I should not know about that. I should check that out. There's also a Holy Diver comic. Ooh, okay. okay. 120 pages, just completely based on that song. Just completely based. Just yeah. based. <laughs> just based. Just end. Like, <laughs> you see one. a Holy Diver based. There's, there's that one there's... Kiss comic where they put their blood into the red ink. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there's um be decently metal. 
Yeah, it looks there's a lot of metal bands that have had at least one shot comics come off. It looks like there's an Iron Maiden comic. Hailstorm has a comic. Um, there's Poppy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. There's got, there is there's a real stuff to look into. There is a real crossover between comics and metal. Like they all they tend to like each other. I think they're wear your emotions big on your sleeve. Artistic expression. Yes, I think they speak to the same group of people. Not a lot of subtle emotions going on in either of those genres. No, I agree. And that's what makes uh, them great. True. Absolutely. There are artists who use subtlety and they are cowards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, is there a Daniel Warren work, Daniel Warren Johnson work that we prefer or is this the masterpiece? It's a four way tie. <laughs> For me, this is number one because I've read no others. <laughs> Lexi, <laughs> we're going to give you at least a month. We're going to change that. Uh, but Dua then um, is number one on my Lexi pick list. So she's yeah. coming. Yep. Um, nice. Make sure you're, you're seeing your therapist that week. Um, oh, I'm already sending you the bill. I told you that. You For all of these books, it's going to you. Perfect. More um, than happy to cover it. Yeah, they're all kind of just high up there. And then uh, lesser known ones. That he's done some... Um, some fan fiction, Green Leader, which is a Star Wars short that he did, and Old Man Skywalker are both really cool. Mm-hmm. I think Green Leader is really great, um, especially. And then if you ever just get the chance to look up his look up his commissioned art, it's so wild. Like he kind of reins himself in for his like published work. And then on his his commission stuff is so like wild and violent and crazy and just like Think of like, there's this, the first one that caught my eye was um, this Galactus one that he did, which was all from the perspective of a, of a jet pilot coming in to try and fight him and Galactus like coming in with this arm, like about to smash him. It's so cool. Just Daniel Warren Johnson, commission art, look it up. He posts a lot of it. He posted the the most lewd uh, Sue Storm and Namor fan art I've ever seen. They got him like flagged on Instagram. Total legend for for what he did. If you ever look at it. Have I ever shown you my Shin Godzilla from him? I don't know if I have. I don't know if I've seen that. I'll send you a picture of it. He did a Shin Godzilla. Okay, you got it. He did a Shin Godzilla for me. That's amazing. I need to see this. Okay, I'll send you away. Clearly... Clearly, I need to see this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, if I haven't sent it to you, that seems like a mistake. That's an intersection um, that you're going to live at. Yes, that's that's where I am. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, like, I think we just, we're big fans. Yeah, this guy can do very little wrong, if any. Um, <laughs> Not yet. Um, before, I mean, that's the last question, but I was thinking we should have some metal recommendations. It's a great yeah. idea. <sighs> Okay. I started? I start? Songs. You start? Just, Matt, you start? Just go. Yeah, just go. Just freestyle. Just go. Okay. So I made a whole playlist for Murder Falcon. Okay. I included a lot of songs from the official playlist and also some of my own. Um, I love... Everyone talks about Dragon Force, like Through the Fire and Flames. I like Fury of the Storm better, personally. Dragon Force can have some really epic songs. Um, Hailstorm is my favorite. Um, Amen. I am the fire. I am the fire is my personal favorite song of all time. It speaks a lot to my own personal experience. But if you've read this book, I highly recommend you check out like the song Raise Your Horns as soon as this book is over. And maybe listen to I Like It Heavy while you're reading the book. They're both they will both change your life. Um, 
Dream Theater, check out scenes from, um, sorry, Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from My Memory. The whole thing is technically one song, but it has so many beautiful um, parts. Um, the Spirit Carries On is one of the most beautiful songs I've heard in my entire life, and it's incredible. Um, yeah, I have so, so many. Born to Raise Hell might be one of my um, personal favorite, like, amp up jams ever it gets me hype every single time i hear it by motorhead it is um it's incredible you ever hear ace of spades yes i have <laughs> the actually they thank cover, you very the much they cover on like every album ace of spades 1998 <laughs> ace of spades 2004 <laughs> oh is that why he's holding up the card in the book oh my god this <laughs> makes so much sense and also iron maiden just iron just if you're a bass player especially you should check out iron maiden it's so fun Just... number of the beast the whole album by mm-hmm. iron maiden is Absolutely. incredible i've got that on vinyl power uh, slave i love power slave. power slaves great uh chop some more in time is awesome mm. um peace of mind uh i mean so all of holy diver by dio oh, yeah. of course um i would say i mean i like dio on black sabbath uh heaven and hell is a great album by Dio's version of, of Black Sabbath. I mean, the original uh, whole album Paranoid by Black Sabbath with mm-hmm. Ozzy is one of my favorites ever. Uh, it's kind of just like perfect, like all of the way through. And it's it's early metal too. So I think that if you're like a new, new to metal and maybe aren't yeah. ready to jump into like the harder stuff, kind of like a perfect like dip your toe into, into metal there. Yeah, ease um, into it a little. You don't have to go to Slipknot right away. That's no one's asking you to. No one's no one no, no one is ever asking anyone to go into Slipknot. I'm just gonna put it right, right there. Like it's okay. <laughs> um, oh, which reminded me, like you know, the people talk about like the origins of metal and like Led Zeppelin kind of being like your almost proto metal, like some ideas. Mm-hmm. I was thinking at the end, you know, when they defeat the villain, he's on the anvil. He's smashed by the hammer of the gods. Yeah, and I'm thinking that's a reference to Zeppelin, almost. I think. It I was thinking be. that's that's yeah. kind of in there. I don't know. That's just my own fan theory. Um, I mean, yeah, thinking about what else, uh, <laughs> I, I do love the people are arguing about Saint Anger by Metallica when they go into <laughs> the so into the story. Like, you can't say you like Saint Anger, like, <laughs> which I agree. You can't say you like Saint, Saint Anger. Um, I keep thinking about that one time that Eric. We, we were talking about uh, Eric Azana, friend of the podcast. We were talking about um, Fuel by Metallica. And he's like, it's that one song that goes like, and then he's like, give me food, give me fat. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it, Eric. Thank that's you it. very much. Yeah, that's yeah, that, everyone that's, knows that's, it. Yeah, everyone. Um, um, what else? Uh, there's a really great, speaking of Led Zeppelin, if you want some fun, um, like orchestral metal, um, Lindsey Sterling is a fantastic oh, yeah. violinist. And mm-hmm. her, her cover of Cashmere is fantastic listen that's one of our top three mormons right there <laughs> listen we got bill Hader. <laughs> no we don't we've got um napoleon dynamite we've got Lindsay sterling we've got the comics collective this is what we've brought to the world so far i can't escape <laughs> also the killers but that's below the comics collective <laughs> aren't they Noted. just utah this is utah this is utah <laughs> Um, those are vegas mormons that's why they're below us that's a different that's a different breed whoa all right getting into deep mormon lore here that's cool <laughs> that's why the people that's just every show. week it's all the time 
Always a promo. Um, I love uh, Kill Switch Engage. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, and End of Heartache and As Daylight Dies, both those albums are amazing. Um, I'm thinking about like, uh, I mean, My Curse is one of my favorites yeah. from them. Just general song, yeah. but I, uh, I got into them because of Guitar Hero Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh i mean that's a great way to get into bands honestly is guitar hero at that it's point. it's what really kick-started my love for music it's yeah and uh specifically the end of heartache the song is one of my favorites of all time and of course it's played at the end of resident evil apocalypse <laughs> one of the worst resident evil movies but it does end with end of heartache so it becomes one of the greatest movies of all time. Like, just right then. Like, you just can't deny it. It's undeniable. You're like, not very good. Like, you're like, this movie kind of sucked. And then, like, that comes on. You're like, wait a second. I think I just watched a cinematic masterpiece. You, you um, know always that's... fun? I, you know, um, have you ever seen How the Grinch Stole Christmas? The live action one that gave Dallas nightmares? <laughs> it gave me nightmares, too. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. The, um, <laughs> the girl in that grew up and she's now in this band called the pretty reckless she's yes, the lead uh-huh. singer, singer and oh yeah cindy luhu yeah <laughs> she is no she longer had, cindy luhu she had she's... grinch nightmares too that's why she yeah. went into metal there you go. that's where it all changed <laughs> um <laughs> and like i was saying mastodon is one of my favorites mm-hmm. um so mastodon does a lot of like uh concept albums not all of them are but a lot of times it'll be a complete kind of idea or story informing everything so like Leviathan was one of their first ones, and that's actually just Moby Dick. Okay. Um, Leviathan's a great album. I think that um, Crack the Sky is maybe their masterpiece. It's about a guy that does this sort of like experiment, and his mind becomes detached from his body, and he goes through space and time, and he meets Rasputin, and all these sorts of things like are going through. I love that album. And a more recent album of theirs, um, Emperor of Sand, I think was awesome. What's cool about them is that almost every person in the band sings. Okay. Uh, so, but that didn't happen kind of like they started to add more and more singing duties a couple of albums in. So like Crack the Sky, I think, is when they really opened up as a band and became really, really like next level. So I really enjoyed hmm. that. Um, and so like you'll have some songs or all of them singing. Some is like one specific person. Their drummer, Brand Daler, is one of the best drummers working today. And he sings also. Um, so, which also reminded me that I recently watched, has anyone ever seen the movie, The Last Waltz, which is about the band? I have not. I have not. So that came out, not, not, a, not a metal band, but that came out in the seventies. It's about like their last concert. Hmm. Amazing concert movie. One of the best ever directed by Martin Scorsese. And um, they all sing, all the members of the band basically sing, but Levon Helm was their, their, um, their drummer and he sings also. And his live version of the night they drove old Dixie down is like one of the greatest performances I've ever seen just anywhere. So he, he's singing and drumming at the same time on that. Just look that up okay? Uh, and you'll be, I think blown away, but um, Mastodon, I'm a big tool fan also oh, tools yeah. more, they, they're kind of hard to classify entirely. They're just tool. Um, I love all their albums. Uh, and so, I mean, those are some of my recommendations. Yeah. Kind of spanning the years. We can, uh, we could keep going forever. I could go on and on. Do you know, I was caught when I was like five years old by my parents singing bodies by drowning pool in a Sam's club. <laughs> I did that. That was, 
this has been part of my life for a long, long time. So, yeah. I'm a really big fan of this album called Back in Black by ACDC. I think they're pretty cool. Uh, don't know if you ever good album. Good album. I haven't heard of them. Every Stephen King book is edited to that album, apparently. And I think that's a dang-ass freak fact that I like <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Stephen King is a dang-ass freak. He, and he's the patron saint, freak. frankly. And he, and, and he is the world's biggest ACDC fan. He to is. To the point where he mm-hmm. had them do the score for his one and only movie, Maximum Overdrive. Uh, who made who is like the song that they made for that, which is an okay song. That's a number by one the late, right there. By the late eighties, I mean ACDC. Like you listen to one ACDC album, you kind Why of not? heard them all. Especially like Highway to Hell. You listen to Highway to Hell and Back in Black, and you're like, okay, I've got the whole thing here. Here's all, all of ACDC. Yep, okay. that's exactly my, true. My recommendation for everyone here, just just for us, like I want to recommend the song to you guys because it's how I feel about you. Listen to the guest version of Here's to Us by Hailstorm when this is over because it's how I feel about you. I'm not going to do that. Oh! <laughs> Damn. Checks out. Okay, thanks everyone wow. for joining us for another wonderful episode of the Comics Collective. If you like the show, I'm taking Lexi's part because I'm so mad. If you like the show and want to hear more from us through the week, please go follow us on our X-Men account at Comics Collective or our TikTok account, The Comics Collective, or you can find each of us at Dallas underscore comics, but why would you want to? He's not going <laughs> to listen to your song anyway. At and Comics and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. Matt, the people can't find you anywhere, but where can they find you? <laughs> Don't find me. Do not at me because I'm not there anymore. Uh, find me on YouTube. That's what I do. I mean, I honestly, getting off of social media just makes more time for YouTube. Um, uh, I'm there, Matt, Matt Draper. That's my real name. I don't go by a pseudonym, unfortunately. Probably would have been smart. <laughs> um, and uh, by the time this comes out, I've got a new video coming out about Star Tours that will be coming out. That's the next one. I'm not sure what's coming out after that. Uh, I've got a few ideas. And then going to be rolling. So, okay, I'm going to be rolling into working on Halloween videos pretty soon because it's August. I do mm-hmm. every week. A new video for Halloween, and um, but I do know the one video that's definitely going to come out before that. It's going to be every episode of Superman the Animated Series ranked. Oh, that so rules! That's going to happen. Last year I did a Batman the Animated Series one. I'm going to do that one this year, so it's a little exclusive. So uh, that's coming out. Um, what else? Star Tours will be Mar- fun. All of your roller coaster ones, my wife watches with me. She likes all those. Oh, you nice. are exclusively. You put your hands up. You are exclusively a Disney roller coaster YouTuber in her brain. She'll always be like, "That's great." Are there any more of those Disney ones that your friend Matt did? I'll be like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> That's a yes. Yay! Put your hands up. Woo! Um. No, that was fun. I just finished that one and that's coming out this week. So that's cool. And it's kind of like a little crossover. I did some videos about like Death of the Disney Renaissance and the Don Bluth Disney War and Tron. And like, it's all kind of a mixed together. Like watch them all. They kind of like all crossover and make a big web of like weird, weird times for Disney. That's what I like. Don't talk about the the times that anyone else wants to talk about. Talk about the weird times for Disney Mm -hmm. and it's fun. Um, hey, Don yeah. Bluth, another one of those great Mormons. Number five on I know. our list. Number, wow, number five. That's pretty good. There's quite a few Mormons. Um, so that's pretty high. Yeah, listen, if you make Littlefoot, you get up there. <laughs> do you think Do you think that Littlefoot was a Mormon? <laughs> Littlefoot was a Mormon. For Littlefoot sure. for sure but was a Mormon. Petrie, not a Mormon. No. Littlefoot, yes. Petrie, no. no. Sarah? 
Sarah the Triceratops Definitely was. Definitely not her but... dad, but for sure her mom. <laughs> so wait, qu- <laughs> wait. So Don Bluth is the fifth greatest Mormon. Does that mean he's higher on the totem pole than Joseph Smith? Yeah, we haven't named Joseph Smith for yet. sure. So we, yeah, so <laughs> number one, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Number two, Lindsey Sterling. We haven't broken a single religious figure yet in our top yeah. list. Joseph so. Smith, just, just, he's just rolling in, in his grave right <laughs> now with those golden head. tablets. Number Not 12. Uh, he's got him clenched <laughs> to his chest, coming in at number 12. <laughs> Brigham Young is haunting me right now, coming in at one number 1,013. But... <laughs> <laughs> and, and little giggle. Maybe. <laughs> uh, all right. If you enjoyed our show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. And we will read it off on the show like Mullet Overlord this week writes in to say, great informative podcast that helps you to actually think about the things you read with a range of experiences and opinions. The hosts provide a very thought-provoking and fun time. Thank you so much, Mullet Overlord. I think this was a very fun time. Thank, Thank you. you. I agree. Lex, do you want to take oh, Anne's since she I took will. yours? I forgot. She <laughs> stole mine. Um, and finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments or to tell us that we're pretty um, at our email, thecomicscollective at gmail.com. And we will see you next week for our follow-up episode on the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl 2015 Ooh. Series B. We're covering the 50-issue span. I've been reading it for a month. It's a perfect comic. Be there or be square, folks. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.